Cascade would probably be my favorite trail. My girls still are big fans of going down Great Eastern all the way down to Skyship. I mean, everybody's got to love that run. That was Mike Salamaro, Vice President and General Manager of Killington Mountain Resort. He's the guest on this edition of Base Camp Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Base Camp Podcast, New England Ski Journal's own podcast, your central information for New England skiing and riding, brought to you by Stratton Mountain Resort. All the signs point to a snowy season, and Stratton Mountain is gearing up for a projected opening day of November 19th. Tune those boards, mark your calendars for mountain time, and book that escape to Vermont, where Stratton means snow so great it's guaranteed. Scores of options and lodging at the heart of the resort, fun activities for the whole family, and a lively village await. Visit Stratton.com for lift and lodging deals, snow reports, and events. I'd like to welcome in Mike Speechin, co-host of Basecamp. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm trying to survive this warm weather and hoping that it you know, goes away. My, my wife is opening every door, every window, and it's great. You know, She loves the fall weather, but at this point, we're in November. It's like, let's just move on already, okay? We need the snow. We need weather patterns to change. And we need it cold enough so that these resorts can start making snow and hit their projected opening dates. Ski season is here, Eric. <laughs> the World Cup has kicked off. We know it's here. Well, that's the one way. You know, even even when we're not skiing, we know the World Cup is out there. And it's starting like with a bang. And, oh, wait, it's not because it seemingly has been canceled every weekend. The men's event went off in Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic GS race. How about Tommy Ford? Just a great display of athleticism. Went 26th in the first run, came back and took the second run. Unheard of. Amazing. So the World Cup is here. Yeah, Zermatt was Zermatt was canceled, but there's more ahead of us, and ski season is upon us. Well, I think that the World Cup is, you know, since 2016, it, it's when the, the Killington Cup began, when... The World Cup finally came back east for the first time in, what, almost 30 years. I think it was 1991 at Waterville Valley was the, was the last time a World Cup event was here until the Killington Cup started. And it really has become the signature opening event for New England skiing. Would you agree? It sure is. Back when Waterville, when Tommy Cochran was still running Waterville, when Zerbergen and Tomba mm-hmm. were racing, those were incredible events. The crowds were huge. I made the point to get up there to that event. Now at Killington, it's just taken it and put it on steroids with the women. It's been unbelievable. Well, the crowds, I mean, I don't know if they ever expected the crowds they get. Like, just record-breaking numbers every single year. And it's such a lively crowd. It's so into it. And a lot of that is because Michaela Schifrin is there. And not only is she the best racer in the U.S. right now, she's also a product of Brook Mountain Academy. So even though she's from Vail... Vermonters like to cherish her as their own, and rightfully so. Well, I I don't think she's really from Vale. Her her dad was at Dartmouth at one point, true, so yeah. you know I'm I'm taking her as a New England person, just like grandparents Ryan, live in Western Mass. Exactly, just like Ryan Cochran Siegel, another great New England World Cup skier right now, Absolutely. doing doing. New England proud, the U.S. proud. Winning the silver in last year's Olympics. And, you know, obviously the Cochrans are one of the one of the golden families of New England skiing. With Schifrin last year was, you know, obviously we all know about her losing her father and how much of a blow that was to her. And it really has affected her on the snow. 
on and off these past couple years. But it was during the Olympics last year when she really struggled and she became a, a target for lots of people who wanted to criticize the way that she approached the, the, uh, her skiing. And I think that, look, the Olympics are their own little animal, right? They get a two-week window in national TV and then everyone thinks they're a skiing expert. When in reality, you know, we know what Michaela Schifrin is, just like in, you know, whatever it was, 2006, when Bodie Miller was, you know, losing medal after medal and everyone called him a failure, yet he was the defending World Cup champion. So there was a little bit of that in the Olympics. And so, quote unquote, Michaela has to rebound this year, I suppose. She hasn't skied yet because of the cancellations, but hopefully she'll be good to go when Killington hosts the World Cup Thanksgiving weekend. I think Michaela's good to go. It's all on for her. People people don't really realize when you're sitting there watching it on TV, what it takes to be in Europe on your own traveling from race to race. It's not pleasure skiing. They're not out there catching that foot of new powder like you and I are. They're out there training. And it is all or nothing. And yeah, they have a team, but when it's all said and done, they are on that hill by themselves for a race. Who else do we have coming up to Killington? Any other females? Well, Paula Moulton, I think, is a name that we should recognize a lot more. She's overshadowed by by Michaela, but Paula Moulton from Charmant Shop I messed this up. Paula Moulton. Paula Moulton from Charlemont, Mass. You know, she went to UVM and is is one of the, the rising stars on the U.S. ski team. You know, Nina O'Brien out of Denver, Colorado. Breezy Johnson will not be there at Killington, but I think she's another woman that you, you look at and you say, wow, that could be the next great hill skier in the mold of Lindsay. But, it, you know, in my mind, it begins and ends with Michaela because I think she's just such a dynamic personality, is extremely important for the growth of the sport, not only just the World Cup, but the sport in general, particularly for, you know, even young young women and young boys that are looking to become the next great ski racer and looking for someone to look up to. There's Michaela Schifrin, so young, and she's already only 12 victories behind Ingemar Stenmark's mark of 86 World Cup victories. A record she's, I, I wouldn't say she's probably going to break it this year. She needs 12 wins to tie. The last time she had, let's see, she had 12 victories in 2018, 17 in 2019, and then the last three seasons have been 6, 3, and 5. So she could break the record this year. I wouldn't put it as something that people should should look for, but it's a possibility right there. And if she doesn't break it this year, next year is probably right in her sights. Yeah, it's it's going to be there quick, and that's going to be quite a day when it happens because you're talking about the king of ski racing mm-hmm. that she will be topping. We all thought it might be Lindsey Vaughn at one point, but Michaela ha- is just unbelievable at the moment. And she's going to shatter that record. I mean, she's going to break it at the age of 27 or 28 in how, is how many years left to go. Just a, a remarkable athlete and a... I hate to say this, but a, well, now I'll go back. A remarkable athlete and just a, a presence that is unlike any other in the sport. You know, people ask me, you know, I, I've, I've written in sports fields and in skiing fields for the better part of 30 years. And people will always ask me, who's the best person to talk to? No, it was not Tom Brady. I know you're shocked to, to understand that. Kevin Euclid was up there. He was always a great chat always wanted to talk about you know baseball or outside of the outside of the field you know he he was a great conversation 
I think you can tell that in some of the way he does his commentary on Nesson. But Michaela's right up there. Every time I've dealt with her, she's just very personable. And she'll ask me questions during our interviews because, one, I think she just wants to, wants to know. And she kind of cares about, you know, the people that are talking to her, the people that are, that are responsible for crafting these stories about her. And I think she is just really open and is just a, a gregarious personality that sometimes you do not find in professional athletes. I mean, you will find them in skiers because skiers are a different breed. But even in skiing, there's a wall that gets built. And with Michaela, that wall's gone. She's, she's like talking to a best friend every time you sit down with her. And so that makes me a little biased in rooting for her. But, you know, Michaela Schiffer, and I think, you know, in, especially in New England, is a goddess of ski racing. She is a goddess. I think we're all behind her. She's she's a superstar in all ways. She's like Bodie Miller was loved in Europe. Michaela's loved in Europe. She's loved here. And we're all rooting for her to take it to that next level. Isn't it funny, though, that she has grasped onto, you know, Lindsey Vaughn, I think, was a huge star in her own right. But I don't think she ever really got she never really connected with her audience, I think, the way that Michaela does. And I think part of that is because of Michaela's generation. And I think it's partly because of the way that Michaela has embraced social media. But she really is, you know, just a, a shining light on the U.S. ski team. And it, it's tough not to root for her. When she lost her dad, you know, your, your heart ached for her because you understood what he meant to her from a coaching standpoint, not just a fathering standpoint. And I, I just think, for her at 27 to be the poster child of U.S. skiing and to really take it on with a sort of natural ability, if you understand what I mean. You know what I mean? She's not, she's not playing a role and she's not doing interviews just to do interviews and she's not you know, putting on a fake persona. She really is as genuine as they get and I think that her, the criticism that surrounded her because the Olympics last year was so unfounded because of how honest and likable she is and how decorated she is that to, to see these people or hear these people criticizing her for reasons they didn't quite get was very frustrating. Yeah, that's because it's easy to sit back in your armchair and throw stones sometimes. Michaela, nobody that I know of has done what Michaela do, has done in four disciplines. It's like winning the World Series, the NBA championship, and the Super Bowl all at once because there's, you know, speed events and technical events are so different. Michaela is capable of running in all of them, which is unheard of in this day and age of spe specialization. She is truly the Michael Jordan of the skiing world. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And I just want to go back to the Cochran's for one second because Barbara Ann Cochran, a gold medalist in 1972, she was, she coached Schifrin for a certain amount of time when she was at, at Burke. And it, when, I, when I speak about how Michaela is one of my favorite people to speak to, Barbara's right up there too because of the, the viewpoint she brings on history and the way that they groom skiers at Cochran Ski Area and, and just the whole business behind that and then you've got ryan cochran who was able to win silver last year in the olympics on what let, let's not kid around was a terrible snow surface affecting everybody and so ryan brought that home silver medal and in a few weeks we get to see michaela in person 
Coming up next, we welcome in Killington Vice President and General Manager Mike Salamaro into the program. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the upcoming World Cup, whether he's a little stressed out about these warm temperatures going on in New England right now, and talk about what's new at the Beast of the East coming up next. Let's welcome into the program Mike Salamaro, Killington General Manager and Vice President. Mike, how are you doing on this unfortunately warm day? I'm doing great. Yeah, the weather could be a little better, but you know, we're used to that in the East. It'll, it'll change soon enough. It is warm, and there's the extent it's going to be warm for quite a few more days. At what point do you start to stress out about the warm temperatures affecting how you prepare for the World Cup at the end of November? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I've been trying not to stress about it. I'm trying to look at the positive. I mean, one positive is, you know, we're trying to finish the K-1 Lodge and they're pouring concrete today on the on the patio. So that's a positive, right? If it was really cold, we'd be struggling with that. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the race, you know, we've had some warm years before and, and we've always been able to pull it off. So. I mean, I think even last year was probably mid-November. We barely had any snow. We had made snow a couple of times, but then we lost a lot of it. So it's kind of the norm. How many days does it take to get Superstar ready to go? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a debate around here about that. But, you know, because not at this time of year, every day is not created equal. But generally about five days of like real snowmaking temps is probably the bare minimum. So... You know, we usually try to put five, seven, ten feet of snow on that trail and pack it down. So we really want to pound it pretty hard. Killington is usually the first to open. It's no secret. But at what point since 2016 did you recognize that, I mean, obviously the World Cup coming to Killington is a huge event. But when did you realize, like, how big this actually became? I mean, that it it, it essentially starts the season in New England, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've always started early and I think we've made, you know, renewed that commitment, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago in terms of trying to get open early for, you know, we did, we made a little walkway up top where we can get some skiing going. But yeah, in terms of just a World Cup, I don't know. I don't think any of us thought it would be as big as it, as it really is. You know, I think there was a lot of debate the first year. I mean, some of these races get 500 or a thousand people. So, you know, I'm not sure we probably thought a success would be maybe five, six, seven thousand people. So, you know, it's been a lot. Obviously, um, it's probably exceeded everyone's wildest dream, I would guess, in terms of amount of people coming. It is an incredible venue for it, unlike most places, definitely in the U.S., but even in Europe, the venue is awesome. You've got a amazing amount of people close by that show up and support it yeah it's pretty exciting and yeah you're right superstar is a pretty cool event i mean some of them you know the the right hill and a lot of mountains is sometimes in the middle of the mountain or or farther up a trail and that type of thing so it's worked out well and i think this year with the with the new lodge coming on it's going to be it's going to be really special new england ski journals base camp podcast will return after this Great Glen Trails Outdoor Center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter. No lift lines, just great grooming and magical vistas. Classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends. Try a guided snow coach tour. Grab your reservation to Treeline on Mount Washington. Private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities. Evening snowshoe tours and so much more. Check the website for booking options and details as well. GreatGlenTrails.com.
Did you know knee injuries are the most frequent serious injuries in skiing? But an independent multi-year controlled study with thousands of participants at 13 different ski resorts proved that knee bindings reduce the risk of ACL injuries by 82%. To put it another way, knee bindings effectively eliminate four out of five of the knee injuries that happen on all other bindings. This extraordinary result is due to knee bindings patented lateral heel release that only opens in one direction. This unique feature allows the perfect balance between retention and release. If the heel opened in both directions, the estimated injury reduction would be limited to 20% instead of knee bindings proven 82%. Get all the details and your new bindings at kneebinding.com. That's kneebinding.com. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show and the Basecamp podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative insightful and now back to the base camp podcast in the past it has been you know you've done yeoman's work in in coordinating where the traffic goes all the time now they got this new lodge in there does that help or does that make it a little bit more of a challenge to you know kind of control the flow i don't think it'll hurt the flow that probably shouldn't be our problem the the challenge is we're not going to be 100 percent open that's probably going to be the biggest you know Biggest issue, right? We're almost the first of November. And so we have what, 27 days till World Cup. And, you know, so that the traffic around by the lodge will be fine because the exterior and the front's pretty much close to being done. The, you know, the challenge for us is inside. We're going to have most of the lodge ready, most of the area where all the seats are, which is the kind of the second, third level. Second level is the, is the snow level, you know, kind of base. And so we expect to have. Most of that part of the lodge open and some of the back of the house, maybe the rental shop or a couple of things might not be fully ready for that, but we're going to be in pretty good shape and, and the lodge is much bigger. So we actually, even if we don't have every part open, we still will have more seats and more uh, bathroom stalls than we, than we did in the old lodge. Just so even without, I think we're expecting the first floor bathrooms probably not to be open, but the second and third floor have more and what the old lodge had. So it's going to be huge upgrade and it's going to be, it's going to be great. I know I'm looking forward to it. Killington's always been one of my home areas. So having this new lodge, I think it's been so overdue. The old lodge had a little nostalgia to it, but it definitely did not move people very well. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, probably some of the cooler things about this lodge, obviously we, we you know, the, a lot of the seating was in tough tough spots in the old lodge. A lot of our lodges were kind of built over time, like many ski resorts, right? Like they add an addition on here and there and end up with a whole bunch of small buildings added on. So, you know, this lodge is going to have a lot more seats. So that's going to be nice. And the best part's probably going to be the 
just the amount of glass that's looking out towards the snow. I think that's going to be pretty awesome. You can, you know, sit in a spot and look at completely look at Superstar, or you can look into the canyon. And, you know, that's one of the things when we did the peak lodge at the top, it's mostly windows all the way around the building. And surprise, people like to look outside in Vermont. It's a beautiful place. So that was kind of the focus. If you might notice that the building, there's actually very few windows on the front side, which is by the road. That's by design in Vermont. You can only have so much of the building represent glass. So we chose to pretty much put it all where they have the best view. And the lodge has one of the only, this is in the press release, one of the only escalators in all of Vermont. Um, Now, I know where one was. It used to be at the Burlington Square Mall, which is, you know, seen better days. Do you know where any of the other escalators are in Vermont, Mike? You know, I think it's, I think they're all in Chittenden County. I believe there's one or two at the airport. And I believe there is uh, somewhere in Williston, maybe a Farms and Mobile or a movie theater or something. But anyway, other than the northern part, you know, we feel like southern part needs an escalator. Maybe some people ride it like a little amusement park ride, you know, going up and down. Good ride of passage for kids. I know every resort in New England and across the country right now is having problems, you know, staffing. Staffing has been a huge issue in every industry out there. What are you guys doing up there to combat that situation? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely been a challenge. Everyone's had it. It's been a challenge for a couple of years. You know, we've been pretty aggressive on the wage front, continuing to kind of make sure we're being competitive there. You know, I I would say we're generally doing pretty well. I mean, the big things for us are, you know, for seasonal staff, we've continued to bring a lot of international workers in because we just haven't been able to hire that that type of group very often. And we've been buying employee housing. We bought three different motels for employee housing, and we have a fourth one we're about to lease. So, you know, we have a substantial amount of housing for staff, which has really been helpful because that's the other issue is even when they can find a job or you find somebody, they might not have anywhere to to go. And then I think the other big thing in terms of more of the year-round group, you know, I, I believe if we have the right culture, we can keep people. And I think we've been doing really well with that. And we've had a lot of, um, we're doing really well on a retention side, showing people that there's some upward mobility. You know, my direct reports, my, we call it the resort leadership team, all but one. So there's 10 of them, all but one came up through the ranks in, in Killington. So you know, that's a big deal, trying to really just make sure we're taking care of people and making them want to be here. You, I, I just finished the um, a piece for the November issue of New England Ski Journal in which we did a roundup of what's new. And what I noted is that in addition to all the snowmaking and all the new lifts, employee housing is become one of the biggest goals for a lot of resorts. Why is this such a focus now? And, you know, what do we hope to achieve by giving our employees these places to stay? Well, I think there's two things. We've been doing it. We bought our first place, I think, four or five years ago. So we identified it a while ago, partly because, especially when you're bringing in international workers, they're, you're required to, to show that you have housing forms. So that's a big, big piece. But yeah, I mean, I think, so we we had locked in two pretty large properties up through last year. And then last year, every, the, you know, the real estate market everywhere blew up and there were just no properties left. So kind of in the old days here, we could, we could just kind of send people to Rutland and say, Hey, just talk to somebody and there'd be plenty of housing. And all of a sudden that's just gotten so much harder. So, you know, 
Well, the good thing for us is, you know, our, our parent company powder has been really great about, you know, giving us the funds to to buy that. And and honestly, the last year we had some issues with bringing in some internationals because some of the rules, some of the uh, quotas got hit at a national level. So we didn't get all the all of the the help we wanted and looked like we were cut out. And because we had housing, we were actually able to get uh, some help from some people that came into the country were expected to go work at other resorts. And uh, since they didn't have housing at those resorts and they called us and said, do you have housing? So that really helped us last year. We realized just how critical it was. So that's been a really, a really big initiative for us. That's so important right now, not having the housing for people. We see it with Airbnb and so on, how, how that's affecting ski areas. It's It's been a tough road, but Beyond that, we all really come to Killington for one thing, to make turns and ski. What's going on up on the hill? Yeah, I mean, we have so much happening. I mean, you know, obviously k one's taking a lot of our time. You know, we're doing, I would say, uh, the funny thing for us is we are always doing a ton of snowmaking. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, of course, we're spending a couple million bucks on snowmaking. That's like, you know, people don't see it, but there's some big snowmaking projects happening all around the mountain. Most of it hidden because it'll all be put back, you know, to normal ground and snow will be cover, covering it later. But so there's a lot of that going on. You know, we're making, we're always looking at different areas of the mountain, trying to figure out how to improve just the flow of people. You know, you might realize, you know, we added the tunnels and the bridges and some of the lift reconfigurations a couple of years ago, mainly as a, a way to try to make the flow better. And so we're doing some things like, I don't know how in the weeds you want me to get, but like things like Ram's Head Maze. It's a lift maze, you know, right outside the lodge. It's probably one of our tougher mazes. We're reconfiguring that and making it bigger. And, you know, we we do pretty well moving people around the mountain and not having big lines. You know, we're pretty proud of that. But I'd say Ram's Head's one of the spots where we've struggled for a whole bunch of reasons. You know, we, we have the family area there. We brought in the Woodward Parks, and that's been really successful. On the other hand, there's a lot of people that want to go there. So reconfiguring that, we have, you know, just a bunch of projects around the mountain that we've been looking at just trying to make the flow better. So I think people continue to kind of see small little improvements. You know, things like getting rid of, like, double fall lines on certain parts of a trail that it doesn't add anything nice, right? There's certain... Certain, there's a lot of connector trails that we've been working on and just also thinning out the woods and, and a lot of brush cutting and a lot of that type of stuff, even more than we've ever done. You know, no matter how, how warm the weather is, we know that Killington's only a matter of weeks from opening. That's, that's what we get every year, right? But how important is that race to open first? And how does it feel when, you know, Wachusett <laughs> beats you by, what, was it 15 minutes a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think, we, you know, obviously... We've had a long history of kind of trying to be the first to open. And and then I think for a couple of years, we went away from it and we've kind of gotten back to that that is kind of in our core. For us, it's it's really less now about being the first absolutely to open. You know, we're really trying to, you know, open early and stay open late. I don't think anybody really tries to stay open late like we do. And, and you know, it's more of a cultural thing than really trying to get too caught up if somebody, you know, can let somebody ski 20 minutes before us. So we're really trying to make sure we're also providing a decent product and we're not going to go crazy, I think, to only be the first to open. So I, I guess, you know, we're proud to be the first to open, but it's not the end all be all either. Thank you, Michael, for um, 
proving me right and telling my co-host Mike here that the race to be open first or to open as early as you can is completely overrated and that staying open late in the season is the way to go. So bravo, my man. <laughs> Mike, you aren't helping me out here. Sorry. Guess I'll eat a beer. <laughs> Obviously, Killington is the beast of the East. That's not changing, but it's also getting bigger with this K-1 Lodge and the Six Peaks project. You know, this is going to turn Killington into a mega resort into, well, what? I mean, what's what's after that? Well, you know, I think it's um, I think it's a lot of upgrades. I'm not sure. You know, we're we're working pretty hard to make sure it doesn't feel crowded, right? So I think that's one of the things we're big and we can spread people out, but we're also trying to balance things. And you've definitely, you know, I think COVID taught us some things in terms of how to how we can function maybe with not so many people. And I think that's been a positive. And so, you know, I think it's it's kind of a controlled growth, right? I think Snowshed and Ramshead, where our village would happen, those lodges are pretty old and and I think everyone would agree need to go away. So I think the village coming about is nice to add some housing and also get us some new new space in that area. But, you know, I think it's more about bringing people midweek and some of the off periods. I don't think we don't anticipate like our weekends being any busier. And, you know, I think generally, I think we've done a really good job with that. So, I, I, you know, in terms of what's next, I mean, I think, you know, we got a project at Fair that's happening too. I hope to, you know, change that lodge out. And I think the kind of cool thing from that standpoint is, you know, a couple of years out, we might have all new lodges here, which which is pretty exciting. And then, you know, we're always focused on the mountain, right? The the most important thing is snowmaking, grooming, all those types of things. So that's still pretty much the most important thing we can do here and just continuing to work on, you know, snowmaking automation and those types of things. Skiing is the most important part. I know you are a skiing GM. I know you're out on the hill. I know you try to get out there quite often. I've skied with you a couple times. The Big question here. If you had to pick one trail, what's your favorite up on the hill there? Let's see. Probably, I'd probably on a nice day, probably Cascade would probably be my favorite trail. Yeah, I would say so. Unless I'm with my kids. Now they're getting older, but they, you know, my young, my girls still are big fans of going down Great, Great Eastern all the way down the Sky Ship. I mean, everybody's got to love that run. It's, it's a long one, and Cascade is fantastic, especially if you hit the head wall with it. Is there a hidden gem at Killington? I mean, obviously the woods we don't talk about, but is there a trail that is, you know, aside from the norm, one that's not as traveled as much that probably should get the attention? Yeah, I mean, actually, well, for me, I like I like Cascade, but, you know, a lot of people either go Cascade or they keep going down Great Northern to some of the other trails, but a lot of people miss Downdraft, and I always think that's a really great trail. Mostly just because it's sometimes hard for people to find. So I think that's sort of, maybe it's not hidden because it's right on the, right at the top of the mountain, but it seems like people kind of miss, miss that one. Yeah, I agree with you. Escapade is fantastic. The other thing that's pretty cool about Killington is you've got tree skiing for almost low-end intermediate all the way through the advanced if you work your way across from the Snowden Ramshead side over. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, that's been that's been great. We continue to try to open that up. And I think, you know, I think adding the the six pack and redoing a lot of the work in Snowden. I know some of the locals at first weren't too happy because that was their slow chair that nobody really knew wanted to go and ride. But there's some great, really great terrain in that area. That's kind of I think where you're talking the, the middle kind of, you know, blue 
even even lower than that, right? We have a whole bunch of woods trails between Snowden and Ramshead that, you know, you can get lost in there for hours, actually. It's pretty nice. And obviously the other calling card is of Killington is the nightlife, which is unmatched in all of New England. What is your favorite go-to spot for Apri? And I know there's a lot. I know. Well, you know, like if it's midweek and we go out, we probably usually would head out to like the lookout. Sometimes on weekends or other times when it's busy, if you want to kind of sneak away, maybe we'll sometimes go to like in a long trail. We'll get a Guinness there and it's kind of off the beaten path. You don't see too many people. I think now, you know, with the K1 Lodge coming on and third floor is the bar area, that's going to be a pretty, pretty great spot. So I'm sure I'll spend some time there this year. What about a hidden restaurant in town there? We all know what's up and down the excess road. What's a restaurant that people should be looking for? Let's see. Well, the back room in Pittsfield's pretty great. It's small little kind of like a back room, but that's got some really great food. And I think people should also venture into Rutland. You know, places like Roots or Table 24s are also some great places. And, you know, if you want to get away from some of the crowds in the busy times, I think venturing out of out of Killington is not a bad option either. I want to go back to the World Cup just for a second. You know, Michaela Schiffer enters the season. Obviously, the, the big draw at the Killington Cup, a product of Brook Mountain Academy, you know, the top skier in the world right now. And she's only 12 victories away from breaking Denmark's record. She could do it this year, but, you know, she hasn't won that many races in quite a few years. She could do it next year at the Killington Cup. What would a significant moment like that mean for that event going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think she's already kind of cemented her history of Killington, right? I mean, she wins every slalom so far and, you know, it's getting hard, right? We all watch her on Sunday and it's pretty much everyone just assumes it's automatic, right? That she just continues to win. So yeah, obviously that would be amazing if she could do something like that. I mean, she's spoken about how Killington's either her favorite race or one of her top favorite races. Right. And I, you know, it's, if you've been there on a Sunday, especially because obviously she's stronger in slalom, that, you know, just the roar of the crowd and, and just, I mean, it's amazing. And it's also cool because nobody can leave early, leave early right? Because she's the last racer every every race on Sunday because she's usually le- leading the heat. And so it's just been electric and, and really amazing. So, yeah, it would be amazing if she could, if she could pull that off on, on our, at our place. That would be so great. Mike, we want to thank you for joining us today. We have our fingers crossed. We're praying to those those snow gods that we get the weather we need to make all of this happen and get Killington up and running. Well, we know it'll happen. It's hard to know when, but yeah, it looks a little warm for the next week. But, you know, I know our team will pull it off. I mean, I, I think last year we had over 100 snow guns just on Superstar once we got into full production. So we will uh, we will put out all the stops to make sure it happens. Excellent. Mike, thank you very much. We will hopefully see you. Well, I'm not even going to say hopefully. We will see you in a few weeks at the Killington Cup. Totally looking forward to it. Can't wait. Great. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks a lot, Take Mike. Care. All right. Thank you. Mike is one of those general managers that is loved by his employees. As we saw Mike take over at Killington, he just made, he changed the whole culture up there. Friends of mine that work on the mountains, friends that are down on the access road, all just have admiration. And that just never happens between the mountain and the commercial around the mountain. It's just amazing what he has done. Yeah. Some of the images I have of Mike etched in my mind come during the very beginning of the pandemic and the way that he and the Killington employees were just 
handing out food or, or supplies to anyone who really needed them. And look, it's not like Killington was the only one doing that, but it, it did show a little bit of heart that these ski resorts were, were giving to their communities. And I think that we're seeing that a lot more from general managers that are making sure that we embrace these places, right? I just spoke with someone at Okemo the other day, and a lot of the conversation was about embracing the town of Ludlow. And I think in a lot of ways that these mountains need to understand about how there is a give and take with the places that they're in. And, and I, I, I give him all the credit in the world for really turning Killington, Killington into, I mean, look, they've always had the reputation of longest season in the East. But like he just said, and I, and I love the fact that he proved me right and you wrong, that they care more about staying open later than they do opening early. And the way that they're, that they're just growing. You know, the Beast of the East is getting bigger, a bigger lodge. They're getting a, a, a new village. It's it just, it, it, it's turning itself from this huge resort that we've always, always come to depend upon to sort of a landmark. I don't really know how to, to, how to put it, but it is, you know, seeing something this huge grow again is just kind of, well, one, it's encouraging for the, for the health of our sport, but two, it's also encouraging in the fact that the way that, that Powder has really run this place and hasn't really done some things that other big resort companies have done, not mentioning any names. Well, first off, Eric, the, the gloves are off here. I never <laughs> said that late season skiing wasn't my favorite. Okay, I actually right. said it was. All right. But I do believe even I just spoke to somebody in Colorado and Wolf Creek just opened up. And Keystone's just opening up. Everybody's excited about that. And we're, we're sitting here talking about early season right now. But we all want to get it going right. by all means. Well, but, even last year, I mean, last year, my first day was, was a butte. It was the Sunday of the World Cup at Killington. And if you remember, the Saturday Grand Slalom race was canceled because they got 11 inches of snow and winds, and, and it just wasn't safe to run the race. By Sunday morning, that snow was nice and on the trails, and it was one of those first days that you want to write home about, right? Um, unfortunately, the rest of the season didn't go so swimmingly, but when you're talking about those first days that, you know, you could have the white ribbon of death, or you could have that, like at Killington, where you got 11 inches of fresh, which was just a, a, a great surprise to have in the midst of such a great event that if you have not been to the Killington Cup, you really should check it out. Well, at Killington, like I said, it, it, it has been my home mountain for a long time. I sort of moved down there quite a while ago mm-hmm. when ASC was there. There is so much fun stuff to do. Some of, some of the issues that people talk about when they think about Killington, they, they say, my goodness, the lines are so long. They're, they're really in the mental fixture of old Lang boots. Old Lang boots were tough to fit. They were cold. But today's Lang boots are different. Today's Killington is different than what we remember in the 90s. They do, as Mike stated, they move people. K1 Gondola could be really, really busy on a Saturday morning. It could be packed and you could say, oh my goodness. But then again, it's it's heated. At least you're standing on heated surface, which is kind of cool. Yep. There's never any ice. You get there, your feet are warming up while you're standing there. But other than that, Killington moves people around that hill. And with the new six-pack over on Snowden, which was one spot that was always a little difficult, that's even subsided. Right. I mean, I 
I didn't visit Killington until probably after college when the American Ski Company passed. And if you weren't familiar with the American Ski Company pass, it was the Epic Pass before the Epic Pass was a thing, you know, with access to all e- – what was American Ski Company. Yeah, American Ski Company. With access to all of American Ski Company's holdings in the Northeast. You know, I didn't grow up skiing in Vermont. I'm a New Hampshire skier. It was only once I went to college in, in Vermont that I started skiing there. And even then, it was Stowe and Sugarbush because those are the closest mountains to us. Killington, for me, opened up a whole new world when I started going there because of, one, the nightlife. I mean, if, if you're going to spend a weekend anywhere, Killington's up there. And yes, the nightlife depends on what you're looking for, right? If you want to go wild and crazy at the Pickle Club, Pickle, pickle Barrel. If you want to go wild and cra- crazy at the Pickle Barrel, go for it. I'm more of a subdued guy, so I like you know going down to, like Mike said, the Long Trail Brewery and just sitting there and having a beer is one of my... Most frequent experiences after a day at Killington. Mike, the last few minutes we got here, I want to ask you, what are some of your favorite joints to hit in Killington? Some of my favorite joints. I love charities for their wings. There's a lot of, there's a wing program on that access road of who's the best. Charities is the wing of choice for me for having a, a beer and, you know, a dozen wings. The other spot, I love Sushi Oshi. I was just there the other day as I was traveling through Killington. Nothing like a little sushi or a little Asian food on the hill. It's fantastic. How about you? I'm a a sucker for Casey's. And the reason is I don't eat a lot of hamburgers, but when I do, they're often in ski towns because I just spent the entire day skiing. I deserve a little something in my belly, right? Casey's has this burger with scallops on top. And scallops are my, my favorite seafood, bar none. And it is one of those things just to die for. And just the, the atmosphere in Casey's after a day of skiing where it gets all packed and hot and the, the windows are all steamed up. It's just one of those perfect kind of places to go to. You can get a great pizza at a number of places there. But, you know, Casey's for me is the place I try to get to as long as I can get in because it's one of the most popular places on that road. Charities is up there, too. I, I agree with you. The wings are, are to write home about. And, you know, since we're, I mean, he... Mike mentioned the Long Trail Inn. I'm a big fan of going to the Long Trail Brewery on the way home, stopping there and just, you know, enjoying some what are, you know, still very well-priced appetizers and and dishes along with the beer that's fresh as it can be. Well, as we close out here, Eric, tell me, what is your favorite trail on that hill? It's going to sound kind of lame, but it's Superstar. And the reason it's Superstar is because, like Mike said, they want to be the last open. They want to stay open until June, and I love that. And I love the spring skiing aspect of Killington. You know, it's no secret, spring skiing is my favorite. I love the suntan lotion. I love the, the skiing in T-shirts, and that is, to me, the pinnacle of skiing. And so when the later Superstar opens, the better it is for me. What about you? Well, I have so many there. I enjoy the woods so much, but I'm going to go off the Superstar lift with you also in the springtime. Nothing's better than doing laps down Julio. Yep. Drop off, up top to bottom, leg burners, you know, soft corn snow popping up into your face. That is like the best skiing experience at Killington to me. And the Outer Limits experience during spring. New deck. Been, has been built at Bear Mountain, too. So a little something to look forward to when you're watching everyone shoot down that mountain this spring. Uh, that's a wrap for us, Mike. Thank you very much for coming aboard. Yes, this was a lot of fun. We want to thank Mike again 
for his input on what's going on up at Killington and looking forward to getting this season rolling. A hundred percent with you. Okay, this is the Basecamp Podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur. We will catch you next time. See ya. The Basecamp Podcast is a production of New England Ski Journal. Get all the latest ski news from New England Ski Journal at skijournal.com.